0: It is Thursday, February 9th, and this is People Every Day. Hello again to all of you beautiful people, especially my big brother, whose birthday it is. Happy birthday, Trevor. Also, happy birthday, Michael B. Jordan, another sweet and handsome brother who was born today. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, with you yet again. Today, we've got a behind-the-scenes sneak peek, or I guess sneak listen, to some of this year's most anticipated Super Bowl ads. Plus, I get to share my interview with EGOT winner and father of three now, Mr. John Legend. But on a more somber note, now that the cause of death behind 37-year-old ABC producer Dax Tijera has been revealed, conversations have been renewed surrounding the tragic events the night he died. But before we get into all of that, let's catch you up on what's been swirling around out there in the news. As we discussed on yesterday's show, plans behind King Charles's coronation are underway, and it appears the head of the British monarchy has a special guest on his invite list, Mm -hmm. Prince Harry. A source tells people that despite the allegations Prince Harry made in spare, King Charles wants his youngest son in attendance. The royal family has yet to make a statement regarding the release of Harry's tell-all memoir, but a source close to the royal household revealed the king's wishes to people, saying, quote, It is such a momentous occasion for Charles, and he would want his son to be at the coronation to witness it. He would like to have Harry back in the family, end quote. And the source continues, if they don't sort it out, it will always be part of the king's reign and how he has left his family disjointed. He has had a reputation as a distant parent, and it would be awful for him for that to continue, end quote. Prince Harry has said on multiple occasions that the door is open for reconciliation, but it still remains to be seen if the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will be in attendance for King Charles's big day on May 6. And don't forget, May 6 also happens to be little Archie's fourth birthday. We will definitely be keeping tabs on this in the magazine and at people.com. Moving on to a Jeremy Renner update, Evangeline Lilly shared that she had an intense visit with her friend as he continues to recover from his serious snowplow accident last month. You remember that. The Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania actress shared with news outlets that she was just at Renner's house the other night and saw how he was doing amid recovery, sharing that his spirits are high. Lilly shared that Renner, quote, has recovered like a mofo and added, I was like, why are you mobile? Why are you mobile? What's happening? I expected to sit at his bedside and hold his hand while he moaned and groaned in pain and wasn't able to move. He was wheeling himself around, laughing with his friends. It's a miracle, a straight up miracle. (laughs) Aside from both being members of the Avengers, Renner and Lily go back to their time working together on the 2008 film, The Hurt Locker. Lily spoke optimistically of how brave her friend and co-star has been through the ordeal, saying the experience is, quote, what nightmares are made of, and he lived through it, and he's on the other side now. We are certainly glad to hear that Renner is on the mend and continue to wish him a speedy recovery. And now, let's turn our attention to the much-talked-about night out that went tragically wrong. I'm talking about the death of a 37-year-old ABC producer and father of two and the eventual arrest of his wife. what was supposed to be an unassuming dinner for a talented New York City producer and his wife turned into a tragic nightmare for a family of four. Back in December, when news dropped that Dax Tejera, executive producer of This Week on ABC, had suddenly died, many were shocked. He was a doting husband and father with a full life and booming career, and now, almost two months later, there are some new details surrounding his untimely passing. His cause of death was recently revealed. This, on top of what he and his wife were doing that night while their kids were left alone, is continuing to spark debate on the do's and don'ts of parenting. Well, here with me now is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs, to take me into what we know happened and how this has kicked off a larger conversation. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. Well, many people were shaken up after Dax Tehera's sudden death, especially since it occurred two days before Christmas. ABC News President Kim Godwin announced in a memo with staff that he died from a heart attack. But now we are getting a clearer picture of what actually happened in which it's reported that he choked to death while intoxicated. So can you explain this a little bit and what else was going on that night?
1: basically the medical examiner, has done the official ruling and they say that the cause of death was an accident and that what happened was asphyxia due to obstruction of airway by food bolus, which I had to Google, but that just means a piece of food, complicating factor being acute alcohol intoxication. There's wild degrees of what this could be, right? This could be like sitting at the table at a steakhouse when you're on your third glass of wine and choking on a piece of steak, or this could be really having tied one on popping like a bar nuts and choking on it. So we don't really know, but it certainly paints a very negative picture. The complication there is that the wife was subsequently arrested for having left their two children alone. It just paints an ugly picture because it it casts them in a negative light as being out, being intoxicated, and it makes it look a lot more grim. It could have very well been a relatively innocent, pure accident. You know what I mean? And it's like, but here they had said it was a heart attack, and now we're learning the details and the details are very shocking.
0: You're right. Like just putting intoxication there. We don't know the level to which. he could have been like right over that 0. 0.8, whatever. But let's talk about those kids. They were in New York City, staying at the Yale Club. They left their kids in the room to just go down across the street and have this dinner, right? And how did they try to manage that as parents? His wife is
1: Veronica Tahara and they have a two-year-old who's named Sophia and a seven-month-old named Ella. So the kids went to bed and then they put the baby monitor on and took it with them and watched the video baby monitor from the dinner. This is where like all the judgment can like come into play but i guess the the real thing is while they were out he choked and she was forced to like go flee to the hospital with him and then what would have maybe been like 1 hour away became like who knows how long away and i guess when she called her friend to be like oh my god can you go get my kids with a friend asked the hotel to let her up and they wouldn't do it and they called the police on her so that's how it became like a public incident but then there's plenty of mom shaming going on and by the way mom shaming why because he's dead he's not here anyway but it was partially his choice to leave the children alone right i always hate it when the mom takes the soul blame i just think it's not fair i don't know i mean you know i have three kids and i have experience leaving my children alone like how alone and at what age it's really subjective right i put my twins when they were babies i put them to bed for their afternoon nap i took the video monitor and I left it on the deck where my husband was doing yard work, and then I walked into the street in front of my little house to the block party that was going on, and I was chatting with my neighbors, and I was totally mom shamed by one of my neighbors being like, "Don't you have any idea where your children are? Oh, look at you! You're look at you! I'm so I'm so happy for you! How you're so relaxed! You're not even looking at the baby monitor or anything." And I was like, "Are you serious? My husband's doing it! Like, what is the problem?" That felt okay to me. It's like you know, like we were talking about, like. Is the New York City element the element that's different?
0: It's the New York City element, maybe, and and like the hotel element too. It's just like you know we've we've seen that where you know kids getting kidnapped from hotels and overseas.
1: Yeah, the woman in, in Portugal, Madeline McCann, they went to dinner, and God knows what the circumstances were of that hotel, but they left the kid asleep in the hotel, and then when they got back, she wasn't there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just horrible. So I think maybe just the hotel factor of it all. It's not like, you know, like going out to the porch or going to the backyard to like have some wine with friends or something like that. It's like...
1: Janine, have you ever left your kids alone? I mean, I'm like doing like a mental inventory. It's like in this summer, I took my kids to the beach and I had to unload the luggage, do it all by myself because my husband wasn't there, take it upstairs. And then I had to go park the car. And it's like, I did leave them alone to go park the car. And I was kind of hoping nobody was going to be like judging me because Americans love to judge.
0: But I don't know, <laughs> like sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's a factor as well, too, because there are just different behaviors for different people from different backgrounds and different countries. You know, people will leave their their babies in a stroller parked outside of a store to run in in say Switzerland or somewhere else. There are just different behavioral norms around parenting in different places.
1: Since we are in America, we know Americans love to judge, right? And they're all about that. So it's like, I guess you, you know what you're working with. Yeah, you brought up the
0: infant. I do think the five-month-old makes things tricky <laughs> as well. And there is just that fear, like, you know, what if the cover gets over the baby's head at that month or something? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not one to judge at all. But it does just seem like a series of wildly unfortunate events for this couple that was just trying to, like, get out and possibly just have a drink and grab a bite. There are times where, you know, my seven-year-old, they're not two in, in five months, but I'll say to Reese, like, okay, watch your sister, you know, and I'll i will either run out or I'll walk the dog or something like that around the cul-de-sac. Still not in a hotel and, and they're not like teeny tiny babies, but I guess a seven-year-old shouldn't be watching a two-year-old, I guess. Well, people reached out to Veronica's attorney for comment yesterday to which there was no return. But Veronica did speak out to Entertainment Tonight saying that she made, quote, a poor decision to leave the kids alone. She went on to say that after Dax collapsed, she, as you said, asked a close friend and her parents to see about the kids at the hotel, but the hotel wouldn't allow them. I mean, I guess rightly so. And still yet to be seen, like, how intoxicated he was or they were because that's also what's poking at the judgment bears. Yeah, totally. We just don't know.
1: I just think that anytime someone sees a mom having fun, oh, they're ready to get mad about it.
0: Right? <laughs> Don't you think? For sure, Charlotte. I just hope this family, you know, continues to heal a- amid all of this and-, and we find out more and paint an even clearer picture of just what happened here. Um, Guys, if you want to read more about this story, head over to our website on people.com. And Charlotte, thanks as always for keeping it real and, and <laughs> talking to me about this. Thanks, Janine. The big game is just three days away, which means we only have a few days left before we get a Rihanna halftime show, you guys. As you're planning out your Super Bowl day, we've got a big treat for you. Coming up, we take you into an exclusive behind the scenes look at some of this year's big commercials. But first, yours truly got to sit down with a literal legend. John Legend, where he opens up about how his newborn baby girl has given him more love, more joy, and more energy, really. After the break, hear what the former sexiest man alive has been up to since the birth of baby Esty. We'll be right back. need sleep, right? (laughs) We are back and I'll be the first to admit, I need my beauty sleep. But it seems like lately John Legend has been burning the candle at both ends. Just in the last few weeks, the All of Me singer announced a new album, debuted his own skincare line, Loved One, prepared for multiple Grammys weekend shows. Oh, and as if that wasn't enough, he and his wife, Chrissy Teigen, welcomed a new baby, daughter Esty Maxine. Esty has made the Legend Teigen house a party of five, joining six-year-old sister Lou Luna, and four-year-old brother, Miles. When I asked him about his growing family, Legend said, it just feels like more love, more joy, and more energy. Legend said he's doing whatever he can to help out with the new baby, saying, quote, obviously I can't breastfeed her, so I feel like I should help when we use the bottle. And he joyfully added, I'm happy to change diapers, and I'm good at burping her too. Uh, And he's also singing lullabies these days because Of course. (laughs) As for the EGOT winner's new music, it's actually old music that he's given an extreme makeover, less than a year after releasing his eighth studio album dubbed Legend. Just yesterday, the R&B superstar released Legend solo piano version. I got him to open up about what inspired this latest creative undertaking. He said, I'd already written the songs, but it was fun to reimagine them. One particularly sexy track, Honey, which he told me is about uh, stuff, that grown ups do <laughs> is his favorite new version on the album. And the muse for most of his music remains the same. Chrissy, who's 37, has been his wife for nine years, and his remake of his recent hit Wonder Woman, for example, resonated in an entirely different way during the recording process. The modern-day crooner told me, quote, just having made it while my wife was pregnant and seeing the miracle of childbirth and all that women have to go through to bring life into the world makes that song especially meaningful to me. Ah, a sweetheart. I love this man. Well, Legend admitted that even though he's kept a positive attitude while staying busy on the home front, releasing new music and starting a new skincare venture, that doesn't mean things haven't been exhausting. But he's not one to complain, saying, I have everything I could possibly have dreamed of now it's just about being the best artist dad and husband i can be wow be sure to check out my full interview with john legend in this week's issue available on newsstands everywhere tomorrow All right. Who's ready for the big Rihanna Bowl? (laughs) I mean, the Super Bowl. I'm sad my Niners won't be out on the field. There's always next year. I believe in them. But I am excited to spend Sunday with family and friends. And of course, there's the commercials. People has the exclusive on a bunch of the Super Bowl commercials, and they look so good, you guys. Joining me now is People's Director of Digital Specials and Features, Kate Hogan. Hey, Kate. Hi, Janine. So this Sunday, we got the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got my girl (laughs) Riri performing in the halftime show. So what else can we expect to see this weekend? Yes. One of the big headlines out of the game is that there are two brothers
2: who are going up against each other. There's Jason Kelsey, who's a fan favorite center for the Eagles. And his wife, Kylie, is 38 weeks pregnant and coming to the game with two OBs, just in case she goes into labor during the game. And he's playing against his brother, Travis Kelsey, who is a record breaking tight end for the Chiefs. There's a lot of celebrity fans of both teams, actually. Of the Eagles, there's Miles Teller, who you can see at a lot of the games. We spoke to Kevin Hart this week, who talked about how much winning a second Super Bowl in his lifetime would mean to him as an Eagles fan. We've got Meek Mill, who one of his hit songs is actually the theme song of the Eagles this season. So he's definitely invested. Bradley Cooper was at their last game where they clinched their spot in the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in Arizona this weekend. And then you've got Quinta Brunson and the whole cast of Alabet Elementary who pay homage to the Eagles in Philadelphia a lot in their show. So also on the Chiefs side, you've got our former sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd, who also talked to people this week about how freaked out and nervous he is about the game this week and that he won't breathe until it's over, basically. Brad Pitt, who has been spotted wearing Chiefs gear in the past. Melissa Etheridge performed at events for them. And Rob Riggle, who is always at Chiefs games all season long.
0: And I will say, you know, the teams are neither here nor there, but I am excited. It is Black History Month. And the fact that two Black quarterbacks are going head-to-head for the first time, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, I've been loving that storyline. That's, never happened before, so that's going to be cool to watch as well. But, but let's talk about the commercials that we'll be airing, okay? As I mentioned earlier, people got a lot of good exclusives. One of them is John Travolta, Zach Braff, and Donald Faison's T-Mobile commercial, and it's such a fun throwback to Greece. Tell me more, tell me more. One chord's all that you need. Tell me more, tell me more. Don't you worry about speed. The Scrubs alums opened up to people about working with John. So tell us what they said.
2: Yeah, it turns out that Zach Braff and Donald Faison are both huge John Travolta fans. So they were both talking a lot about how starstruck they were at first. Zach told us he actually had a Welcome Back Cotter lunchbox when he was a kid, which is a reference to a role Travolta played years ago. And Donald Faison basically went right up to him and started asking him questions about face-off. Actually, both of them told us that he was so... Generous with his stories, he told them a lot of behind-the-scenes information on Pulp Fiction, on Face-Off, and on
0: Grease. Well, let's talk about a commercial that I'm already majorly, totally, but crazy excited for, you guys. Cher is back. (laughs) Alicia Silverstone and Alisa Donovan are reprising their iconic clueless roles for the Rakuten commercial. I used to be
2: pretty clueless about shopping, among other things. Like, when I heard I could save by getting
0: cash back with Rakuten, I was like, as if... How obsessed were you with this movie, Kate?
2: (laughs) So much. This is like my teenage years and it's insane that Alicia Silverstone has not aged a day. She plays share perfectly. Elisa is perfect too. It's just like such a great nostalgia moment. I
0: know every single word to that movie, but we also have a commercial of Ben Stiller reprising his role as Zoolander for Pepsi, something he spoke to people about doing.
2: I feel like fans like beg for Zoolander to come back all the time. And he said, it's always fun to revisit that character that anytime he's a chance to go back to being Zoolander, he feels this reconnection to Derek and has such good memories of over the years working on those movies. And I think he's really grateful. He said that people still want Derek Zoolander in their lives. He represents something for people in terms of the sweet vapidity is what Ben Stiller said. And it's very endearing.
0: So there's one little commercial that people was on set for, and that's Ben Affleck's Dunkin' Donuts ad. Yes, that's happening. And Jennifer Lopez herself will even make an appearance. I have a feeling fans will love this one, right?
2: So a few months ago, people noticed Ben Affleck working at a Dunkin' drive through one day and everyone was like, what's going on? And people got to be on the set of the commercial, which was filmed in Boston in January. We have some exclusive behind the scenes videos with Ben and he filmed the spot at a Medford, Massachusetts Dunkin' and was on the set just serving up coffee and donuts to people going through the drive through and J-Lo was there with him. He wore an employee uniform, complete with the visor, the America Runs on Dunkin' shirt. One customer said that he even gave them their money back and said everything was free that day. And that he was super funny, quick-witted while serving as an employee for the day. So I think people are going to be really excited to see that Boston accent back in action.
0: Well, before I let you go, I got to ask, who are you rooting for this weekend? I think the commercials? Is that fair? I want to see more good commercials. (laughs) I'm a nostalgia junkie. So yes, I'm rooting for these commercials because it sounds like we're going to get all of our like favorite moments. Guys, the Super Bowl airs this Sunday at 6.30 p.m. on Fox. Kate, it was so good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. Last but not least, it is Black History Month. And on top of all of the incredible coverage we have highlighting Black voices and role models online and in the magazine, I wanted to take some time to give two very special organizations that are working to create effective change some love before we wrap up today's show. This past weekend at the Grammys, I met Rashad Robinson, the head of a group called Color of Change. They are the nation's largest online racial justice organization and help people respond effectively to injustice in the world. They work with the big decision-makers in corporations and governments to create a more human and less hostile world for Black people and people of color in the U.S. They recently worked with the Recording Academy to create and stick to their diversity promises and initiatives. And it was so cool to talk with them last weekend and see their work in action in the entertainment world. You can learn more about Color of Change and how to get involved or donate at colorofchange.org. And I'd also like to shine a light on Leaders Up. Leaders Up is a group that's looking to change the narrative around the racial wealth gap in the U.S. Uh, The CEO is Jeffrey Wallace, and they work with companies and organizations to create create equal opportunities for young, diverse talents in our country. Given all of the cutbacks and layoffs happening right now, they are definitely a worthwhile organization to check out. Their main goal is to show that an anti-racist economy doesn't just serve the BIPOC population, but also benefits the greater economic profitability For everyone, I could not agree more. So, head to leadersup.org for more information and to show them some love and get involved. They are a great group of people. And with that, that's our show for today. You guys, tomorrow is our very last episode of People Every Day. Be sure to listen in as we say goodbye and, of course, do what we always do and keep you informed and entertained with the latest news. Enjoy the rest of your day, you guys. I'll talk to you again tomorrow on People Every Day.